The reading is taken from Ecclesiastes, um, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, and it can be found on page 671 of the Church Bible. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This is the word of the Lord. If you're able, please do stand for our gospel reading, which Louise will bring to us. The gospel reading for today can be found on page 1061 of the Church Bibles, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 31. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On the road to Emmaus. Now that now that same day sorry, now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were, they were kept from recognizing him. He'd asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk alone? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, they ask? About Jesus Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet of powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and other rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it is the third day since all that took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that prophets have spoken. 
Did not the Messiah have suffered these things and then entered his glory? And beginning with Moses for all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he was going there. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. Evening, the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you. Please uh, take a seat. Just want to check, can you hear me at the back? So I've just been fiddling with this microphone. Is that okay? John, can you hear me? Great, good. Okay, so uh, good morning um, to all of you. Um, it's great uh, to see you here. And uh, just thank you for those, uh, to those who have come, uh, especially this morning. I know you've travelled probably quite far, so it's great to see you uh, this morning. Um, and I guess it's to make sure that I actually do actually go um, so, um, <laughs> because in case you're uh, not aware, which I'm sure you are now, uh, this is my last um, Sunday um, at St. Michael's. And it's both exciting um, and a little bit daunting as well, I have to say, um, to think that next Wednesday I'm going to be packing my stuff and uh, heading off um, to Oxford um, to a place called uh, Wycliffe Hall, where I'll be studying for two years to train uh, for the ministry. Um, now, quite what this entails, I'm not 100% sure. Um, it's still a little bit of a mystery at the moment. Uh, Joe just told me to keep an open mind. So I'm just going to go for it and just see what happens, really. You know? so, but if there's one thing that I've learnt uh, in following uh, Jesus, it's this, be prepared for anything. Be prepared for anything. And so with this in mind... Um, the good news for you is that this is my final uh, sermon that you have to sit through. Um, the bad news, however, is that I've realised that I could probably get away with uh, a few things that I wouldn't uh, normally. So with that, and having recently just come back from holiday, um, I thought, oh, I've also run out of sermon ideas as well. Because of this, I thought I'd share some holiday snaps with you. Uh, don't worry, there's only a couple of hundred. We should be done by three. Um, I hope you're excited. I am. Um, so let's get cracking. So the first uh, picture, there you go. Look at that. Wow. Um, this uh, is a picture that I took uh, when I was in Newquay. So I went to Cornwall uh, two weeks ago. And I wish I could say that the weather was as good as this uh, every day, um, but I would be lying. Um, but here it is, uh, on the last day of the holiday, the sun came out and it was uh, fantastic. And I did have a great time, even though the weather was a bit dodgy. And uh, actually going to the coast for a few days is something I like to do um, about once a year if I can, just to spend uh, some time with God, uh, just do some walking, reading, um, lots of eating, too much of eating, actually. And the coastal walks are spectacular. You know, it's a great way, I find, to think and just to pray uh, through all that has been happening. And so, with the weather being uh, so great on the last day, I thought I'd be a bit ambitious 
and uh, take uh, a trek along the coast. Now, uh, the next photo <laughs> is coming up in a second, and it's a picture from my hotel room. Okay, exciting, okay? There is a point to this, don't worry. Um, and uh, anyway, so I set off that afternoon, and uh, I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk all the way around the coast and uh, just, you know, walk and enjoy the sunshine, you know, probably eat some food, that sort of thing. Anyway, so I had, you know, my Google Maps on my phone because if you know anything about me, uh, I can get lost even if I'm following a coastline, you know. Uh, so off I went and, well, I have to say the first part of the walk <laughs> um, was actually not exactly what I expected it to be. You know, um, for my hotel room, it looked spectacular. I thought, this is going to be um, fantastic. But actually, I first had to trek through the town. You know, I had to walk past, you know, Tesco's and Boots and roadworks and all that sort of stuff. Lots of noise and traffic and people. Um, that was before I even got to the coastal path. And then, as I followed the path round, you know, uh, the traffic meant it wasn't exactly a tranquil uh, journey. It was quite noisy. Then there was the slush and the mud. Well, at least I think it was mud. Um, uh, from the rain the day before. Um, and to be honest, you know, I thought, why am I bothering? You know, is it worth going any further? Would it all be like this? Is it all going to be mud and slush and noise and uh, that sort of thing? But you know what? I'm glad that I carried on forward because half a mile later, you know, the path uh, wound to the left, the road vanished, the noise of the traffic faded, uh, the muddy track turned to grass. And I found myself on a path with the most gorgeous scenery. And here's another photo. Oops, that's the same one. That's okay, don't worry. Well, you'll see it in a minute. And uh, I thought, there we go, I thought, this is more like it. And as I continued to walk, you know, the views just got better and better and better. And eventually I stopped and took the photo that you see there. And if you look closely, you can see my hotel right in the corner. But as I look back, I smiled. And I remember saying to myself, my Lord God, look how far I've travelled. Now, I'm really fond of the gospel reading this morning because it tells uh, the story of disciples walking the road to Emmaus. It's the story of a journey. And we meet the disciples at a point where they're in the depths of grief. You know, that their world has come to an end. You know, they've seen their teacher, their friend, and their Lord Jesus crucified. And they've seen the one who had been powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. They'd seen the one who they hoped would redeem the nation Israel, God's chosen special possession, the nation that was uh, to bring light to the whole world. They've seen that one crucified. And so that hope that they had has now gone. And they are so entrenched in their grief that they barely have time uh, for the stranger who joins them uh, on the journey. Their eyes are closed. They're blind to who it is who is walking with them. And 
you know, it was just over eight years ago when, like the disciples, you know, I became aware of a stranger uh, beside me on my own journey. You know, at the time, I was renting um, a house with my best pal, Mo, which some of you guys know. <laughs> and, uh, yes, I had plenty of friends. I still have plenty of friends. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> um, I had a good job. Um, I had good health, uh, a loving family. Uh, all was good on the surface, you could say. You know, but underneath it all, I'd begun to feel quite lost. And one of the reasons for this was that I'd spent some time traveling um, a couple of years previously. I'd visited America, I'd gone to Canada, I'd gone to New Zealand. I settled in Sydney for a year. I'd had the most extraordinary experiences over that time. You know, I'd scuba dived off the Barrow Reef. Um, I'd skydived, something I wouldn't try again. Um, I'd hiked over glaciers. I'd taken helicopter rides across the Grand Canyon. Um, I'd white water rafted as well, which is not too good if you can't swim. So I almost drowned twice, but there we go. Uh, and life had been full of adventure and exhilaration and promise. I'm just going to take a sip of water. So there was that adventure, that sense of adventure in, in life. And then, of course, the adventure came to an end. You know, my visa expired. I returned to London. And ordinary life, if you like, came crashing back in. And now, in my mind, was a question. Was this it? Was there anything more to life? You know, thoughts of God, perhaps, you know, of a stranger walking the road beside me, had occasionally come to my mind. You know, I'd come to this church when I was a child, um, but I'd drifted away in my teenage years. God was now an irrelevance in my life. And I felt maybe that I was of an irrelevance to him as well. So the second reason for my questioning was also a family illness, uh, which had a full recovery. If I do cry during a sermon, please forgive me. <laughs> um, and it was during that time that I'd sometimes pray. And I think it was a couple of months later, in my bedroom uh, one evening, um, I found myself saying a prayer. And in many ways, it was a prayer that I'd said many times before. Only this time, it was a prayer of quiet surrender. And in the hours that followed, uh, you know, there was no blazing light. There was no voice. There was no indication that anything had changed. And yet, the next morning, um, I woke up and I just knew that everything had changed. Nothing would be the same again. Forty sermons, I've never cried. <laughs> um, the day before had been black and white. You know, there's companions of fear, loneliness and guilt. But now there was colour. And there was a peace. And there was a strength. There was a sense that God was with me. There was a sense of forgiveness. A bit like in the disciples in the story, there's a sense of recognition of the one walking alongside me, patiently waiting for the time when my eyes would be opened and I would see Jesus.
So I remember the following days very clearly, actually. You know, the joy and the peace. Uh, right down to the depths of my being. Um, and it was a few weeks later I walked back into this church. Uh, and by the following Wednesday, I'd enrolled in a start course that Pam was running. Sort of, kind of, uh, you know, sort of just the basics of Christianity. Uh, so who was this God that I had so powerfully encountered? Well, I believe that God was you know, eager to teach me. You know, because just weeks later, I realized my life would never truly be the same as I helped with projection. <laughs> and uh, if, there's, if there's one thing, uh, my rule for the future is this, never let on that I'm an IT. <laughs> anyway, the following uh, weeks and months, uh, as I walked the path that God had laid before me, doors opened. Um, and that still small voice, you know, this is the way, uh, walk in it. And I found myself involved with different types of ministry. Somehow, it's still a mystery to me. <laughs> now, I trained as a street pastor. I became a church warden. You know, sorry for the chaos in that period. <laughs> um, I ran the youth club with Paul. Um, I helped out at Soul Survivor at the summer camp with our friends at the Baptist Church. Um, and it was last summer when Jody encouraged me and said, uh, you know, have you thought about uh, ordained ministry? And I thought, have I? It's been in my heart almost before, you know, when I became a Christian. Anyway, so the, the process that followed was a, was a process of discernment and testing, um, interviews, essays, lots of essays, uh, much prayer and reflection, and it culminated in a three-day assessment in Stafford um, before I received in April the news that I was recommended for training. And so it's now that I find myself standing on yet another corner of, of the path, as it were. One more season of the journey is ending, another is beginning. Where next, I wonder, where next will my adventure with God take me? Now, the idea of seasons and paths has always spoken to me um, on my Christian journey. Because as we heard in our first reading uh, in scripture, um, our journeys through life are full of many different seasons. You know, following the path of discipleship, following Jesus is never easy for any of us. And for me, it wasn't always uh, blue skies like in the photo that we saw. You know, there have been seasons when a path has been hard, times of testing and trials. Will I trust that God is faithful? The journey of discovering God's vocation has been marked with doubt. It's been marked with periods of counting the cost. And there has been sometimes the temptation to turn back. You know, the whisper in the ear, did God really say I learned very quickly that committing to follow Jesus, you know, to proclaim him as Lord, Lord of all in the world, is frequently a hard path to take. And so the first reason why I've shared my testimony is to encourage you on your own journeys, you know, to keep walking the path that God has set before you. And that wherever you find yourself today, Wherever it may be, whether it's a season of darkness or light, 
nor of grief or joy or of tearing down or building up. To remember this one thing, God is faithful. Now, just this past week, um, I found myself sharing with someone who had been through tremendous suffering. Uh, And through the suffering, he told me that he'd lost his faith. How, he asked me, could he believe in a God who had allowed such terrible things to happen? Where had God been in his suffering? Now, with such questions, I believe there are no answers we can give. As Jody said, the silence is such a powerful, precious thing in encountering God. And I believe instead, as well as that, we are called to do something greater, and that is to point to Jesus Christ. Now, because in Jesus, we find the story of a God who is not distant from suffering. In Jesus, we find a God who chose to walk his own path of suffering, you know, who chose to take fully upon himself our sin and our hatred and our brokenness. Now, it's a path that led Jesus to the cross and to his death. And of course, the cross looked like defeat. But we know that the path did not end there. Because three days later, uh, God raised Jesus from the grave. And with it, a proclamation, a promise that the power of sin and death were defeated forever. Jesus' death so that we might live. The ultimate expression of love. And so now we have a choice. We can choose to come to the cross and not find defeat, but victory. Our sin has been atoned for. It's done, it's finished. Hope and forgiveness and restoration and the promise of eternal life can be ours. And a day to look forward to when the kingdom of God will be fully realized with no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. It is a promise for all of us, without exception. Yes, we must still walk our paths, but we, must, we will never do it alone. And we can be certain how the path will end. This is the gospel, the good news that we proclaim. And it's a gospel for all of us here today. So to come in to finish then, there's a second reason I've shared my story. And that is to give glory to God. Uh, to thank him. And to be a testimony to his love and his faithfulness as I've walked my path. Because, you know, I'm under no illusions that I can boast of anything that I've done or will do. But it has all been the work of God in Jesus Christ. God is so gracious. He's given me more I could ever have dreamt of or deserved. You know, I've made so many new friends over those, those eight years. Um, I've experienced, I've learned so much. And for my part, I've simply tried to walk forward. So the third reason, the third and final reason of sharing my story is to thank you, the community of St. Michael's, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for walking with me on my journey, you know, and for encouraging me, uh, for feeding me, 
and quite literally in June's case for feeding me. Um, and for I have been blessed beyond words. And thank you for your friendship, you know, your wisdom, and your love. You know, I love you all, and I will hold you in my prayers. And for those of you who have come to support me this morning, um, thank you for being here, um, for your love and encouragement um, on my journey too. And I want to assure you all that I will not be disappearing off the face of the planet. Um, I will keep in touch and keep you posted. Uh, You can't get rid of me that easily. Okay, so to finish, I just want to leave you with some questions uh, to ponder. The first question is this. What is your story? What is your story? What path are you walking right now? How can you share your story uh, with others? How can you encourage them as I've hopefully encouraged you this morning? Where can you thank God for his faithfulness and good gifts in your life? And as you consider your story, the path that you tread, where do you think that might lead? What is your vocation? What is your calling? Where might God be calling you to serve him? Perhaps in a way that might surprise you. And if you're unsure whether to even start the journey, I just want to say this morning that you've heard the gospel You have heard the good news of Jesus. The promises are yours to take. And in the words of uh, the disciple Simon Peter, Lord, to who else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.